Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chris. Hey, to all those that I saw in Las Vegas at the Service Profit Rocket, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, it was good to see you. Hopefully, you enjoyed the Q&A panel uh, with Ishmael and Tommy Mello and Victor Rancor. Man, I thought it was great. And to everybody that was at Service World Expo, you got to see Mike or you got to see my Rhino crew. Hey, we're all glad we got to see you. This upcoming episode is a live webinar that I had done with Josh Kelly and Laura Kelly from Clover Marketing about all things digital marketing how to use the levers that you have in your control. Here you go. This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Without further ado, we have two amazing, very, very knowledgeable speakers with us today. Uh, three, sorry, three. Josh Kelly, Michael, and Chris. Uh, Chris and Mike from from, from Rhino, and, and Josh Kelly. I, from- I didn't think. I don't think Mike knew he was talking today. To be honest, no, he did. He did. Oh, did he? Well, uh, I, well, Chris, yeah. well, Chris, Chris told me he does now. He does now. He does now. So uh, we Surprise. bring we bring Chris and Mike on for different reasons. Chris is a uh, is has an amazing brain for for high level strategy. Mike is right in the pit of the details. So we're going to get into how to maximize that digital strategy today. Um, a little bit about for for Chris for for Rhino. They are the leading one of the leading digital marketing companies in the in the in the home service space, uh, working across the world now and in different home service industries. And certainly, there are companies that we have we work with hundreds and hundreds of members, and the and and and, and Rhino are one of the top digital marketing companies that we recommend. We don't just think that they're good people, but they really really follow through on getting amazing amazing results for our clients. So uh, we're delighted to have you guys today. Uh, if for any of you who don't know, to the point podcast, it is the it is eighteen. It is number eighteen on uh, the marketing charts for like even beyond the home service space. So Chris knows what he's talking about. It's it's a really fun podcast. Literally, it, it's legitimately enjoyable. So I encourage you to follow every, that. Every once in a while, they have a really good guest. Like they've had like at least two really amazing guests. <laughs> yeah, Laura. Yeah. Hey, if you play your cards right, we might make it this a third. Who knows? Oh, hell, who knows? Uh, <laughs> those still, I, need a, I need a week off. Um. And, uh, uh, and for Josh, for those of you who don't know him, and I know we have some new faces on here today, most people know Josh from being uh, uh, directly uh, uh, directly involved in growing some of the largest home service companies. Many who didn't start that way and are now huge today, driving companies to the eight figure eight, uh, to the eight figure figure mark, and some all the way up to nine. This year, uh, Parker and Sons, uh, we started at six and a half million. Um, Way way back, and now this year we'll do 240. So it's been it's been an aggressive growth journey. He certainly is in in uh, not just in my opinion, but in the opinion of of, of the results that he's proven. He has uh, he is one of the best operators in, in the home service industry. Combining that with with Rhino today on how to get your cost per lead right down, you guys are in for a treat. So let's get going. Um, my 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 first question, unless and you guys can jump in if if my questions are off base, but I really want to know, like in Things that, what do people need to know? People love PPC. Obviously, you can use it as a strategy or a lever. What do um, what do people need to know about PPC that digital marketing companies aren't telling you? Oh, did someone want to say something? Go ahead if you do. If you didn't, my question is, what do you need, uh, what do people need to know about PPC that digital marketing companies are not telling, are not telling them? Hit it off, Chris. Or Mike. Yeah. Mike, I know you're going to be, be wanting to get after this one because Mike's super involved in strategy. But I mean, in 15 years of running H, like pay-per-click campaigns for HVAC and plumbing companies, you figure a few things out along the way. Mm-hmm. 
number one thing, making sure that you have an agency that understands your customer. I mean, because essentially what we all try to be psychologists to try and figure out, you know, what ads can we run that's going to answer the question or the cover the objection that the customer has before they ask it. That's the game that we're in um, from a marketing standpoint. But you can, and, and this is where, I mean, Josh and I have got to work out with, and Mike, with so many big customers, and we use that PPC tool with massive budgets as, as levers when we need them, whether it be for drain cleaning, if we need to fill the board for repair leads, install leads, uh, sewer lines, what you name it. Like, we've got that thing pretty well dialed in. And, and uh, I love hearing Mike's conversations after him and Josh, you know, talk through these large campaigns on Josh is trying to squeeze the turnip that's no longer able to be squeezed, but then somehow. Hey. Hey, we squeeze it, man. We squeeze we it. We find a way to get it done. Yeah. He sets the bar. He definitely sets the bar. We meet it. Yep. <laughs> I, th- I actually think I actually think that's the key too, though. Is like yeah, sometimes sometimes digital marketing companies don't even know what they're capable of. Like you, Josh has been able to achieve an amazingly low cost per lead with you all uh, through driving incorrectly. So for 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 members I mean, that are on this like call, very literally like, when we first start working together, like I'm given numbers that I want to hit, and Mike's like, that's not possible. Like, it's fucking possible. We're doing that shit. Like, it's not possible. Like, you have six months. Like, this is what's happening. And then now we, like, blow by those numbers. And then when they go up, like, slightly week to week, he's like, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, dude, it's been a week, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) delivery overall, right? I think that's the key to success in general is high expectations. But anyway, go ahead. But yeah, I think think it all boils down to – if you've run them long enough, you got to pay attention to what ads produce the lowest cost per click, because ultimately the, the game we're trying to win here is how do we increase as much opportunity for the lowest amount, least amount of money, I mean, or to, to max out the budget. So knowing what ads to run at what time, whether it's 20 degrees, 30 degrees, 40 degrees, 50 degrees, depending on the time of year, if it's drain cleaning leads, I mean, drain cleaning is finicky because there's a lot of DIYers that are thinking they're looking for like a drain cleaning solution. They'll click on the ads and they waste the money. And so just knowing how to word the right ads, but after a while you take this big funnel of writing thousands of variations on how to drive an AC install, you know, in Virginia versus Tacoma, Washington versus LA versus Phoenix. And you figure out which ones work and then you can start to narrow it down. So if you, the contractor is like, Hey, I'm light on service leads and need more service leads. You know, you should have an account manager you can connect with to say, Hey, I need to, uh, you know, a bump on service leads um, or install leads. Now, listen, in those markets that have shoulder seasons, uh, we're not we know we're not miracle workers. Like we we can, um, I, there is a three week like post season uh, install market that you can tap into, and also a three preseason three week preseason. But there's that gap in between where we kind of like gotta hope Mother Nature helps a little bit. So you <laughs> can only blame us so much, you know. But at the end of the day, you do have those levers with PPC to be able to. Um, you know, to, to be able to kind of be more selective on the the particular service, you know, that you're offering. And so even if you have, you you gain a, a technician or lose a technician and you need to move the levers, those can be done through the PPC channel. Like that is a um, um, a really good way still with the right company to where you can bring in decent leads without an, an, a completely atrocious cost per lead. Obviously we don't want to be running $250 cost per leads and it'd be a service call that you don't do anything on. So you got to be, careful in the ads you run, but Mike gets deep into that strategy. I've always kind of talked about this as a, as a sniper approach. And I almost hate to use that word anymore. Um, but that's kind of like what it is. It's a very dialed in direct campaign where we're targeting specific keywords and specific markets and we run specific ads. 
to generate that type of business. So Mike, anything you want to add to that? By the way, Mike um, is uh, now the chief experience officer at Rhino. So he's been here 10 years um, and he's been like knee deep in this stuff for uh, quite some time. So I know he's got more details, you know, on the actual movement. And he works with some of our big players too. I know Josh Yoon and Mike work together quite a bit. So Mike, anything you want to add that I left out? Yeah, man, thanks. Um, I mean, I'll just start by telling you guys uh, the, the number one important factor in Google's eyes, which we have to be considerate of, is trust. And you use organic SEO to establish that. It's the advertising that makes them as profitable as they are and as powerful as they are from a search engine perspective, right? So the direct question, the things that I think you should be aware of in PPC is you have some elements of control. Um, and I think that that's the key here, right? We always talk about in life, focus on things you can control. PPC is that thing. Uh, you can get very strategic. And I think you've got to work close with your marketing agency to develop those strategies. I mean, Josh will tell you, I've gone as far as asking for particular zip codes based on the areas of the location, right? We have a relatively rough idea of how uh, how old we'll let these units get before we do change outs and things like that. And we can be very particular and pinpoint zip codes. We can break out campaigns and uh, you know put uh, specific dollars towards different segments of the business, I mean, these are all things that Google doesn't necessarily let you do organically with the same sense of control. So pay-per-click is crucial. It's something that I'm a huge fan of, and I think it's extremely important that you're leveraging it and you're taking advantage of it while you're waiting for SEO to generate the results that it should generate. Josh, I have a quick question for you on, on, on PPC. You really adopt the, 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 you see PPC as a strategy, but you also see it as a lever. Right. Uh, can you talk to me about how to set it up as a lever? Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so setting up PPC as a lever, right? The, the cool thing about PPC, like it's, it is an active form of marketing. So it's passive in the fact that someone has to be looking for it, but there's people looking for it all the time. Different times of the year, the amount of people are looking for it are different, but there's always people looking for it. And you could actively go and get those customers. It's just, are you smart about it? Are you doing it at a cost-efficient way? And are you really focusing on the kind of calls that you need? So the benefit that PPC has over other forms of marketing is like, I don't have to go after plumbing. I could choose to go after plumbing, but I can actually go after just water heater calls if that's what I need. I could go after just drain cleaning calls if that's what I need. I could go after just plumbing repairs or toilets or faucets or garbage disposals or water softeners. And you really want to break your campaign into sections that you could control. Number one, because what you would pay for a plumbing repair is not the same for what you would pay for a water softener, right? Like water softeners are a higher ticket. I'm willing to pay more. It seems common sense, but people don't break that out. So you're not getting a real cost per acquisition, right? Um, number two, I could turn it up and down based off what I need and I can do it pretty timely. Like if you really set this up properly, like I could double the budget for a day. That's like, like Rhino may not love that thought process, but I will tell you if I'm desperate for calls, it is what it is. Right. Um, and sometimes we're desperate for calls, right. On any given day we can be. So it's a great lever that you could turn up and down as far as like what, what, you should know about PPC that, you know, your digital marketing team isn't telling you. Digital marketing, it, it's incredibly complicated in the nuance. But at the very basic level, it's unbelievably simple. There's only a few inputs, right? For PPC specifically, 
like people will talk about like share or like uh uh what's what's mike what's the visual share i can't think of the name right now the impression the sharing yeah uh, share impression bullshit number who gives a shit right it's an irrelevant number like all the numbers that you care about are what's your cost per click right drive that cost per click down as low as possible run a long tail keyword strategy be specific right what's my conversion on my website what's my conversion on the phone afterwards that's it that's the three data points and that's the only three data points and super super simple now there's a lot of details that go into that but no matter what if you're paying you know 80 dollars cost per click you're not going to do well it's just facts like if you're paying $80 for a tune-up, like you might be charging $80. And by the way, do you convert every single person that comes to your website? No. Do you convert every single person that calls in? Most of them, if you're doing a good job, but no, not all of them, right? So you need to track that all the way through. And someone asked here, Willie asked, how are you tracking the data? Honestly, it's fairly simple. Digital marketing, like you just need to be set up. I cannot tell you this and stress the importance. Like I will not work with a company that doesn't have solid transparent reporting. Like reporting is like the most important part of a PVC company, really digital marketing in general, because if I can't see what's happening, I can't affect it. By the way, they can't eat it. We're, uh, we're going to get further into tracking uh, as we go throughout this. That's 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 part of the plan. But also, uh, Josh, those three metrics that you mentioned, the, uh, those that allow you to see whether your digital marketing company is driving you know, the correct kind of results for you, it's, I think write down those three metrics, guys. Um, I know that's, we have, that's uh, we have a sheet, Kelly, on like how to drive your digital team. Yeah, but bit, Josh, Kelly, we have to. We have to. Um, Josh, yeah, is, Josh tends to be cost, generous. Cost per click, conversion on the website, conversion on the phone. That gives you a cost per acquisition, which is the only number you give a shit about. But those are the three inputs to get your cost per acquisition. We have, cost he, per lead, by the way, is not a real number either because some companies will drive, you know, 40% of your calls might be you know, people outside your service area, vendors, employees, whatever, right? Those aren't leads. Who does it right, Josh? Who does it right? Yes, you do it right. Laura, let me throw this out to you real quick. Too, I would love it. I would love you to. Go ahead. This happens a lot in shoulder seasons. Um, and yes, it's a lever that PPC is a lever that you can use. But if you're trying to make like 15 changes in one week and then or and then two days later try to make more adjustments in two weeks make or two days make more adjustments and you're not seeing like movement at some point in time there is too many moves that you're making at the same time you got to let it sit and ride for a minute you can't just you, you can't you, figure you can't out just, why what worked what didn't at a very basic level you don't even have enough time to even let it go and so i know that that happens especially with like we have some really really big players that are like we're in the thousands of lead volume on a monthly basis and Yes, there are levers we can move, but you can move them too many times. It actually disrupts the the PPC campaign. Mike, you know what I'm talking about? We just had that conversation in a leadership meeting. about hundred percent. You know, like pay-per-click game guys, it's decisions with data. You need to generate data to make decisions. And especially in a weather-based industry like this, you know, things change. Like you need larger windows to evaluate what's happening before you go and make premature moves. <laughs> And the, the algorithm is also trying to generate some data with its intelligence to determine what's called ad rank. Yeah. That's and a- now I'm going to make a quick comment. Like they said, you know, this is a weather driven business and like PPC is weather driven, but to be clear, like no one on this call should hear this is a weather driven business. Meaning I can't get fucking phone calls when the weather's perfect. 100%. I can, 
A hundred percent. It's just a little bit more difficult. I got to rely on my customer base a little bit more. I got to shift how I'm getting those calls, but never, ever, ever is it going to be an acceptable excuse for me. Like, hey, the weather's perfect outside. We didn't hit goal. No, no, no. no. I love, like, I love that you're saying that because it's so true, guys. Like, yes, you might have a shoulder season, weather might be down, but there's so many areas of the business you can shift that control on. You'd be amazed how many times we find like gaping holes in the CSR team, dispatch. Like, there's just so many operational areas where you can make up some of that lost revenue that maybe isn't necessarily, you know, pouring from the sky when the weather is favorable. 100%. So important to understand. The, the, so, so let's pivot over. I, I, Randy said, create your own weather. And yes, I love that. That mindset's super, super solid. Um, let's move on to SEO then. So we've talked about uh, what are what do you need to know about PPC that digital marketing companies are telling you? What do you need to know about SEO that digital marketing companies aren't telling you? SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, like I learned SEO in 2004 when it was like porn was always like the top thing that came up. <laughs> Back in the day, it was so crazy. Well, that's just your search. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I was just college, whatever. <clears throat> um, but I'm just saying, like, it was such a way different beast than it is today. And today it's complicated. I think we have 14 people on that team. And ironically, um, Mike's wife oversees that team, incredibly intelligent with SEO. It's on, it's, they have an education. Uh, every team member has an education um, requirement every single month to learn something because there's always something to learn. Um, and even if it's incremental, there's always something to learn. They share it across the team. So when you have that many people sharing new things that they're learning, <clears throat> that's what it takes to, to keep up on on SEO, but the real, the reality of search engine optimization is it is the foundation of everything. Um, it is the content that Google is looking for and the relevant content. That's the game that we're in. Um, again, 15 years of doing this specifically in these trades. Um, we've, we've not dipped into the black hat scenario, um, which is the no, no, it's the cheater way of getting it done. And ultimately it's benefited us in the long run. So let's just, cause I don't think everybody knows black hat, white hat. <laughs> Uh, black hat just means like below board, like, you know, and I'm not suggesting you do this in any way. Right. But you can build the value of your website, but equally effective. I wouldn't do it would be destroying the value of your competitor site. That would be black hat. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's short term gain, long-term loss. Yep. But if you do a really effective SEO campaign, I had this debate with somebody, I don't want to mention his name about, how SEO impacts your PPC campaign, but it does. We can tell you statistically of all the stuff that we've measured over all the years, when running and when not, it 100% has an impact on your pay-per-click campaign. So nowhere are you going to read that in black and white, but Mike and I, even Josh, we can tell you like that for sure is a thing. But same thing, it's, it's just, it's always moving. For me, it's, you know, Mike, how many people are on that, are on our SEO team now? Is it 13, 14, something like that? Somewhere around there. I was going to guess around 15. Yeah, can, but can you run? Can you run? Can you run PPC and not run SEO? Yeah, you can. Of course. 
but it's not yeah. advised or or what well you you can um for us if it's something where with somebody says hey will you guys run a ppc campaign for us and let somebody run seo that's like letting somebody else somewhat control your outcome too right so it's a, so we don't typically do it um, we will, but it's random. If, we do, if it's an existing partnership with like one of our private equity firms or one of our bigger players that's doing an acquisition of somebody and they need to run PPC in the meantime, we'll do it. Okay. But ideally, you would do them together because it's a, still a combined effort. So okay. the only pushback I would give to that is if you have a very small budget, SEO is a game that only a few people win, right? You cannot play an SEO game if your budget's, you know, if you're trying to, Hey, I got this really great company. We spent a thousand dollars a month on SEO. Well, I could I could tell you the results that you're gonna get with that. Um, so you have to have the budget for it to make sense in my what, what kind of so what what size should you be at before you even dabble in digital marketing? Well, digital marketing PPC is an easy one right from the beginning, remarketing okay. is an easy one right from the beginning. SEO, you're gonna be a little bit larger, but it really depends on your market and your competition. There's not like a hard, fast rule, like if you're in Phoenix. You gotta have a pretty serious budget, right? If you're in, you know, Boise, Idaho, less so. Yeah, because you you so the, the and the reason you say that is that I assume you end up chasing the like same a Parker and Sons pays twenty five thousand dollars a month to SEO, right? Just SEO alone. There's only three winners at any given time on SEO. Like if you're spending a thousand bucks and there's four companies spending twenty thousand, the odds of you winning anything are very low. Yeah. Oh. Super helpful. Like this market is arguably one of the most competitive markets in the United States of America. This, um, I would say LA, South Texas, South Florida, like all these Southern markets are pretty tough. Um, but you said the key, or you said one key thing, Josh, and that is the size of the market matters, right? Because I, I do believe you can spend SEO if you're in more of a rural market because it's one, inexpensive and two, easier to win the game, especially if you have the right company. But the direct market, the, the uh, PPC piece of it, if you have a budget and you're looking for lead volume right now, then that's what you need. That is the answer. Just be prepared for that cost lead to be a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Because I do see some people throw very small companies in a very competitive area, throw a load of money into SEO. They're competing directly with the bigger guys who are throwing even more money in. And, and, and they've got no calls and they're frustrated because they're spending so much marketing budget. So, yeah. And this, I think. this is the whole point of having an agency that understands this this industry because if you're that smaller guy and you've got this little bitty budget which seems little to us but it seems really really big to you then you gotta have the agency that knows how to run a ppc campaign or a plumbing campaign for you plumbing is yeah and you gotta shrink your market too like to be clear you can still compete in phoenix but you better not buy all of phoenix metro you better only do cave creek Right. Or whatever. Right. Or this neighborhood or whatever. There's still ways to win it when it's a small budget. You just have to. You, yeah. You just have to shrink it to where it makes sense and spend to a level that makes sense for that area. Yeah, Josh. And your mentality is always own the neighborhood. And and I completely agree with that. And, and as you grow, you know, multiple neighborhoods, but start smaller. I mean, like way more laser focused, you know, like if that's mm -hmm. approach on a specific location that might make a little more sense. We yeah uh, we we it, I think that is awesome owning owning yeah, neighborhoods and focusing there. I would love uh, Mike. I would love your thoughts. I know you're in the more nitty gritty of SEO. What 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 does it take to, to win yeah. an SEO? So I would tell you guys this: no matter what size you are, you can start and you can do it yourself very easily. And to make it very simple, location is key. Okay, like Google, it's, it understands now. All right, it knows you guys are location based businesses. You're only licensed to go so far. 
Obviously, where your consumer is at is key, right? Um, and what I would challenge you to be thinking about is one, uh, depending on where your location is, determines if you're swimming with the tide or against it. It determines the time frames and what it's going to take for your SEO to really be able to do what it's designed to do. Don't mistake that for saying you can't win. No, the time it takes to win varies upon the complexities of where you are located. And some of the things you guys can be doing right now that make it very, very simple, just for the time being, all right, is focus on your reputation. It is key. And when I say reputation, that doesn't mean just Google Maps. It means Yelp. It means Facebook. It means like everything. Everywhere that you have some type of directory or public listing, you need to make sure that you are paying attention to it. You are optimizing it, meaning fill it out manage it. These things are free. Okay. And go in and communicate, generate reviews there, respond to those reviews. Those are things you can be doing yourself right now. So that when you're at the rate in which you can afford an agency and you are looking for SEO help, you'll be ahead of the, ahead of the game a little bit. We'll tee you up. That's a, that, that transitions us nicely over into like social and more organic strategies. I know you guys, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Before. So I want to just talk about just a few mistakes that people make with SEO. Yeah, I would love you to. Um, so number one, SEO is a long-term play. Like do not expect to generate results in a month, two months, three months. It's really a five to six month play minimum. And it gains traction if you're doing it well over time. So I just want to warn people on that. And I always focus on growth versus results. Like if I'm every sing- if I'm doing a keyword ranking report, which everybody should be doing a keyword ranking report if they're pulling SEO, um, then I'm going to, I want to see consistent progress, not necessarily like gigantic jumps. I'm okay with gigantic jumps, but as long as I'm having consistent progress, uh, I think that's a win. Um, Speaking of that consistent progress, I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Some SEO companies will like, hey, you were in the 95th position. Now you're in position 22. Oh my God, we're killing it. Understand that if you're not on the first page, that spot 22 is exactly as valuable as 99. I'd rather be a 22 because I'm closer to three. Hey, Josh, you know the best place to hide a body? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Page two of Google. You never, yeah, you never, yeah. you never told Page us the best two. place. <laughs> Page two of Google. Uh, um, and then the other thing I want to say, some companies screw this up, right? It's In my opinion, if you hire an SEO or a PPC guy, I like them to be the same person. Some people divide yeah. that. But there is a difference in strategy between SEO and PPC. 100%. PPC is based entirely on conversion. Like, get them to the website, convert. SEO is about getting people to the website. And you've all seen websites where it's like information. It says like, it says Phoenix, Arizona, like 40 times in the copy. And like, they're trying to build it purely for SEO. And they may get some SEO value off of it. And they may drive people to the site, but then no one calls off of it. So you have to really balance both the SEO side and the conversion side. So I think it's important if you're going to do both, that you have the same company do both because they do they have to have a really solid working relationship, which is hard to do if they're two different companies because they will accidentally, you know, hurt each other in a way. Yeah. I, will, I will say this before we transition to, and then I want to make sure we hit on Nicholas's question. Yes. Maybe, maybe Mike, take a look at that while I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, Josh, in that time frame on when to expect something out of SEO for the majority of the markets. I will say this though, is as soon as you can build out some pages and they actually get crawled, like they're found, that will start to impact the PPC campaign if we're running it. It's minimal impact initially, but there is some value to that PPC from just from starting the SEO that you'll gain from it. 
So there's a win in that early, but don't, I'm not saying, so if you heard me say, oh, I should expect results from SEO month one, that's not what I said. What I said was, if we do SEO month one and, and the page gets crawled in that first month, which we know it will, it can positively impact your pay-per-click score. So that's what I'm trying to say is there is some value to it. So you're not just feeling like, shit, I got to hang on for four to, or five to six months to get some value out of this thing. There's some little wins in there too along the way. Super helpful, guys. I hope uh, I hope this is helpful for everybody. It's it's it's, it's uh, answer yeah. this question. Yeah, let's let, let, let's let's ask Chris this. So I. so quick, I'm gonna say it out loud because I think everybody will benefit from it. What are the benefits specifically of SEO when there are much larger players in the area with larger budgets? Can you SEO by zip codes? Great question, Nicholas. So I'll start by telling you that the benefit is it's location based. So even if you've got a larger player in the area who's spending more, Google understands a thing called proximity, right? Like there are two different types of search happen on the internet. You get people who say AC repair. They don't type any type of location because in this day and age, we kind of expect these tools to know our location. You have a search where someone might say AC repair and list the particular city, county, zip code. Um, and then you have the uh, search that people think isn't happening. It still does. And that's AC repair near me. And the oh, reason yeah. those are important to understand is Google does look at the location of that user when they make that search. So if you are closer to that user, regardless of how large your competition is or what their budget is, they're certainly considering the distance of the consumer to your location when you're looking at um, you know, tools like maps and you know, directories and uh, uh, um, location-based ranking tools, right? Any one of you guys do a search for AC repair right now on Google? It's maybe a 90, 95% chance on page one, you're always going to see a tool like Yelp or even a home advisor or what these are. They're just electronic directories. They're basically like electronic phone books. And Google knows you're looking for a location-based service business. So they always rank on the first page along with the websites that, that we are getting to rank. So understand like you do have some value in SEO. Like you can compete to a degree when it comes to that. Yeah, but to answer the direct question, small, zip codes. Yeah. What's that, Josh? So you just got to think small. Right, right. Um, and SEO zip codes, I mean, this is the thing, right? Is like in the 90s, it was simple. You plugged a bunch of words on a page, right? And you would pull up, but that's treading black hat, like you heard Chris refer to earlier, because Google knows you're trying to manipulate it. So realistically, you know, can you target SEO by zip codes? One might say no, because you can't directly put a setting in and target a zip code, but there are creative ways to organize and build your website so it doesn't look manipulative and still list out, you know, zip codes that you might service. So it's just kind of treading that line between what you should and shouldn't do. You got to be careful how you do it. I mean, I would answer that a little bit differently. And the answer really is, can you buy zip codes? I mean, a little bit, but that's not actually the right approach. Right. Instead, you should target by subsidies, smaller cities, even names of large neighborhoods or like areas. That's a better play than doing zip code specifically um, because people don't search by zip code in a significant way. They do, but it's just very small. But they do search by um, by all the other things I just described. Um, so can you? Yeah. Should you? No, not really. <laughs> And I'll just repeat one thing Josh said there that's crucial. He said, how the consumer searches, that's the key. 
those are the things that you should be targeting is like, what would you type in if you were your customer? How often would they type in a zip code in comparison to a city? That's really how much of a priority you should be making it. And to his point, it's not as popular as it once was. I mean, if, if it were my customer, they'd be typing in directly, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Just the direct URL. They're not going to do a search. They already know they want to do business with me, right? I'm, I'm glad that was helpful, Nicholas. People, uh, for anyone else that has questions, uh, we'll get, we'll, um, we'll make sure we answer them. So go ahead and ask. Uh, I know this can be a scary topic sometimes. Um, okay. So uh, you, you kind of touched on some organic things you could do. I'd love you to elaborate a little bit more on organic and social. I hear many companies trying to grow their social and they've had little, they've had, um, the, the, they feel like their followers aren't going, they're going up and that causes frustration. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Mike, Chris, uh, either one of you, go ahead. I'll go. So, um, for those who do know me, um, and those who are those who don't know me, I had the luxury of the last previous three years um, of work of having a partnership with a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, who's arguably like one of the most successful guys in the social media space, mm-hmm. has appeared out. So we were able to kind of take some of our uh, home services knowledge and their tactics and try to mix the two together to figure the social game out. And then ultimately, once COVID hit it was like a free for all to just try anything and everything you possibly could like, and that's a great space to do it because you could figure out before, um, can I throw out this video that says this and see how it's reacted to? And is there any engagement in it before you actually put it on your, your site? So, and, and it's become a great tool to use because I mean, again, it's kind of like a, uh, takes a little sweat equity. Like you have somebody who can produce videos. It doesn't need to be anything fancy, but at the end of the day, we're still trying to do the same thing. Like nobody wants to use you in the first place, right? So I got to try and figure out how can I create interest? You know, we talk about getting a an ROI in here by way of return on influence. And in social space, you know, it's okay to be different. You might see me give a presentation. I always talk about like the six Ps of, of marketing from our lens in the home services space. And that last P is personality. This is the social media space is the best place to give your business a personality. It's okay to be funny, be different. Like we know the HVAC and plumbing isn't like this ideal industry people are looking for for fun. So why not do something creative? And I've seen some like, you know, when I was at the Clover Mastermind, you guys have what, about a month or so ago, um, I showed some examples of what others are doing because you kind of got like the feel good approach video, you know, that's the warm and fuzzy, the uh, timeless piece of a hundred year old companies. You've got like the, Anybody remembers from the Super Bowl commercial, like the hard code, like bouncing around for a minute and a half that gave me <laughs> that I think broke their website because it was scanned so many times. Um, that was a weird commercial, but it was incredibly successful. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying like that's outside of the box. But in social, a lot of things that we're noticing that are, that are working exceptionally well is list the same thing that also works in financing. Or I mean, is using the financing stuff, which is the same thing that works on the website, which is the same thing that works like the financing offers are always fantastic. It's easy because people can think about it from a monthly number and you can get in front of them fairly easy and you can target down to specific things. There's a lot more details that you can target down to the end user. Um, The whole like TikTok thing, I'm not going to go down that path because I'm not, I don't do any of those. I just, I know I see importance to it. I don't know. And Josh might have more information on that. Maybe even Mike, but I don't go down that path. I've still kind of just leaned heavily on, on fit on Facebook and, Instagram for our particular contractors to try and drive lead volume that way. Um, that we took the same approach of just learning what ads or what pieces of content do we put out that creates the most interest to get the consumer to click, go into the site and actually make a phone call. 
So we figured some of those things out along the way, but it's kind of like, you know, you get to stay on top of trying different creatives and exercise that 6P of giving your business a, a personality. Um, Josh, what's your feedback on that, man? Like, I don't know if you guys do much in the whole TikTok space too, but like, I think for recruiting purposes, maybe something there, I don't really know. So I'm going to give a, a complicated answer to a fairly simple question. Um, I agree with you 100%. Like social media is a great place for testing things, short-term inexpensive tests, see if things stick. Um, I have seen companies really do well with TikTok, with really all forms of social media, right? The Facebook, YouTube, whatever, right? Um, but it tends to be certain types of companies and it's not a good fit for most companies. Uh, and the type of companies generally tends to be Really, if you're going to do that social media route, content is king. You have to generate so much content for it to be effective. You can't post once a week or twice a week and expect it to work because it won't. Yep. So the two type of companies that tend to do well on that, number one, are large companies where they have a whole marketing team that can put that together and really generate a ton of content. And I've seen it with smaller companies too, but where like the whole team is engaged and you're putting five, like everybody's putting posts on the page themselves every single day, multiple times a day. Hey, I'm in this neighborhood and they're taking a picture of a corner. Uh, if anybody needs any work, Hey, I just found this amazing customer. This is Mrs. Jones. We found this crazy issue. Look at this. There's a rat in her AC system, whatever. Right? Like that constant generation is the only way it works. So for most companies, I would, I recommend like staying away from it. But if you have that skill set built into your company, it is amazing. And you yep. can generate a ton of business from it. And it's great for not only customers, but recruiting too. But most companies don't pull it off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all on this on this um, webinar an example, a really great example to look at. I had these people on the podcast in 2020. Like They hit it out of the park. Smaller company that um, was up in Utah. They did a phenomenal job and they still do a great job. So if what, you're what's, on, what's the company called so these people can follow it and kind of get inspiration yeah. too? Hey, work. I'm getting there. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Um, it's called Main Street Heating and Cooling. I think their Instagram is Main Street Comfort. They have 14,000 followers. I remember when they started doing this, they were at like two in 2020, building it organically. But they do a lot of really, and this is what kind of place to what Josh is saying. If you have somebody who's creative in, in your company, let them mess with it. It doesn't need to be professional. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't You can literally put out a video that's from your, from your phone. It's no problem. And there's tons of little tools like Canva, that's a pretty easy user-friendly tool that you could use to create some of these things. But look at Main Street Heating and Cooling up in Sandy, Utah. Check out their Instagram page. And I promise you, you get like about three dozen great ideas of things that you can do. But enough, if nothing else, at least just the context and what we're talking about of what you can put out there and how you can do it. Yeah. So it's I, I've, worked, I've worked with Main Street too. The key, the key with them is like everything has a personality. Like they're so good. Uh, like if you're doing marketing well, you should think of your business like a person and it should have a clear sense of personality. Um, and they carry that through everywhere they go. And I, and I also think in, uh, any hour up there does a phenomenal yeah. job. Yeah. creating. Mike, Mike like, yeah. If you just look at their YouTube channel alone, like it is so incredibly creative and guess what? You can do the same thing regardless of size. So like Utah's where it's at for social apparently. <laughs> Um, what, what are, you mentioned some tools. So for smaller companies that want to take it in house, um, or they're starting out or whatever on social, you said Canva was good. What are, what are the tools are helpful to, to, are helpful in that realm for social? I mean, you, there's, 
I, I don't, I know that was like a good beginner tool that you can use as Canva. Um, I don't do anything social for us. I know that our team uses a mixture of tools. I don't know exactly what they are, but that's probably a good starting point for one that's inexpensive. I think there's even a free version of it. You can use. There is. Yeah. There is. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. I'm just going to double down and tell you guys, regardless of the tools you use, like the big golden nugget, the takeaway there that you're hearing Josh and Chris say is you got to think like your consumer. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. Like this is why it's important to use an agency that understands your service and specializes in it because they can relate to you. They can try and understand what the process is. Okay. Like social media isn't a place that I'm just going to speak for myself. We're all different and we have to keep an open mind. But for myself, like I'm not going to Facebook to find a service business. I'm going to Facebook to get away from the real world. I miss my friends. What's up? I want to brag about something going on, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's not the real world. Let's be honest here, people. And that's the thing is you've got to find a way to connect with that consumer in that, that fake world like how do i do something uh you know chris called out the any hour team like from making creative jingles that i've seen them do um even putting together little snippets of movies and responding to those clips like and i actually sit and watch it because oh i saw that movie this part's funny and then boom there's a spin and it becomes like something that i never forget and it's because it strung a chord with me emotionally personally in a way wasn't necessarily like my original intention wasn't to really use this company for business. Right. But now it's left this permanent impact in my mind, the same way, you know, that a a good solid billboard might, if you're doing some branding, like that's the key here is like, how do you connect with these people? And sometimes you got to play the long game. How do you connect with them and interact with them on a personal scale, just so that they remember you when the time is right. That's what I think is crucial when you're playing the social media game. You have to look at it from that perspective. Right, Chris. But you got to be careful because Mike came to me with an idea from a movie clip from old school of him wanting to go streaking, go through the quads, the gymnasium, and I shut that one down. So you got to be careful on the content that you're putting out there because (laughs) (laughs) I can chime in. Well, not not just on like aggressive, but also on like. Uh, trademarks and infringement and like you gotta be careful about all that shit now what i would say is the easiest tool for this laura like canva is a great tool i I mean i just know most people on this call would never use it though like what you probably need to start with if you're if you're not hiring an agency is fiverr and upwork and get someone else to help you with it get a va from india or pakistan whatever that charges you 15 dollars to edit a video and put an intro and outro, outro into it. Um, you just hire for it as opposed to trying to do it yourself, unless that's in your skill set already. Right. I know we're getting short on time now too, so I want to be aware of that. But um, you also just have a video on here, right? Like use Mike's perspective of it's not what it's what matters to the consumer. Use your video, shoot a quick 15 second clip from your phone. Uh, like you can do something as simple as that as a starting point. Um, just you know, to do something, but I can tell you this: nobody wants to see the pictures of your equipment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the, it, what, well, if we're talking about equipment, are we talking about AC equipment or what kind of equipment? We got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody wants to see your guys' equipment um, publicly. Yeah, so, so okay, real quick um, before we move on to tracking, I have uh, Josh. Uh, reviews obviously have such a are such a powerful organic like method um josh you speak about uh 
this before, whereby you give somebody in the organization the KPI that 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 uh, that the KPI that they are now in charge of getting X number of reviews a month. And then they're also in charge of replying to those reviews. And if they meet that KPI, they get um, they get like a, a hundred bucks or whatever. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? I feel like it's an actual. Let's, let's do this instead, because Good. because here's like reviews are super important, not just uh-huh. Google reviews, but your GMB or your uh-huh. LSA review, whatever you write. Like, number one, you should spend as much on LSA as humanly possible, right? It's a set fixed cost. But in order to do that, you have to have the content. You have to, there's there's techniques to it, right? But the okay. biggest one is reviews, right? Reviews are how people pick companies that they don't know at a very basic level, right? Uh, it's becoming more and more this way, but it's always it's been super powerful for a super long time. Um, there is a serious strategy. Most contractors do like the basic, like, hey, Service Titan sends a text message out, ask for review. Great. You know, Podium sends a text message out and sends an email. Great that's going to get you very low reviews. You have to have a whole system and process to this. Like, And there's a step-by-step way of doing it to make it really effective to get your team involved on it. Because if your team's not involved, it's not going to drive. You have to be tracking it, putting solutions in. You have to incentivize it. You have to motivate not only the customer, but the technician and the CSR on the phone, your salesperson and your installers and your plumber, you get it. So instead of doing that, why don't we just do this? Um, I know drop the HubSpot meeting. If they need help with this or really any operations questions, uh, hop on a meeting because like, I don't want to give like a two minute snippet that's going to leave them like getting it, you know, a 3% review rate. What I would say is, guys, is uh, if you book that meeting, come to the meeting with your biggest problem, number one. And also I would encourage you to bring your GM. Because you don't, we're gonna give you a whole host of playbooks. You're gonna need help with that execution. Bring your GM if you have a GM or your right hand person. I have put the link in the chat for those of you uh, who haven't seen it or booked a call yet. Uh, okay, so let's try. Let's go on to tracking. So, how do you really track it all? How do you? What does tracking look like? How How do you track your whole digital marketing co- uh, strategy and track the success of it? Uh, talk to me about that, please, Chris. Yeah. So I want to just. I'm gonna pigtail off of what Josh just said on this review thing too, just to kind of tie yeah. it up and I'll pull into that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yep. I also, we had on the To The Point podcast last week, episode 140 about this whole fake review thing. So if you're somebody who's gotten hit with these fake reviews, like that's the one thing where I've seen some of our big players get like 50 one-star reviews that clearly are not real. Um, or if you're concerned about like, oh man, I have a, you know, um, I noticed this guy's got a bunch of reviews and these are fake. There's a tool you can use to, to find that quickly. And if you have negative reviews, obviously you want to get them taken down, especially when you're a small guy too, and it might impact your number. So I would just encourage you to listen to episode 140 on fake reviews because that company is one that does a phenomenal job. And I know there's a few of us that are on here that I noticed or names that, that have used them too. So great company. Good. Um, Good. Tracking. This is the end all be all. This is the holy grail, right? Because if you work with Josh Kelly, you got to know <laughs> every number. There is no wiggle room. And, but this has been the way it's it for us at, at Rhino since the beginning, since 2008, and working with a, a contractor and going into work with Carrier and Brian at the time is we knew we needed to know our numbers specifically because um, we needed to know what was working and then what levers to pull and things to try. So there's two really main ingredients at this point in time that, I, that, that any of you on this call can use to track accurately. 
Josh had set a lead, you know, like use the word, I like use air quotes, lead. Um, even to this day, we still compete with companies that what they qualify as a lead is not legit a new lead, which is what you're being paid to do is bring in, we'll call it net new lead. So how do you get there? Can you use a piece of software that listens for keyword triggers and length of call? Yeah, it's still inaccurate. Um, can't hear the can't hear the tone of the call. Can't hear the objection to overcome the objection. There's numerous things in there that are still inaccurate. So to this day, we have like a 60s, maybe even 70 person team at Rhino, and their only job is to use a call tracking number and a human being to listen to that phone call to identify where did this come from. What well, did it come from? SEO? Did it come from the PPC call tracking number? Did it come from the social media call tracking number? Was it a drain cleaning call tracking number? An AC repair call tracking number? So if you have these call tracking numbers on each of your, your different channels and for each of your different services, and then a human being to listen to those, you can identify to the exact number of how many of those were legit brand new customers. Um, what was the actual lead type? Was this booked or not booked in key ingredient, right? How are your CSRs performing? Um, and then ultimately, if you use service site, house call prayer, whatever your field management software is, you can tie the revenue back to that back to that customer. So if that sounds like a lot of work, it is. I mean, if you've listened to your own phone calls, be really, I'm sure you're going to cringe when you listen to it. But it's so important because all this conversation we just had around pay-per-click and SEO and social media and all these tactics mean shit. You don't have somebody on the other end that's answering that phone and being able to book the call. So right? true. It's so so you got to know if I'm spending money on PPC, what am I getting from PPC that's that's net new business and what's the revenue attached to it? That's how you know how to move the levers. And this is where uh, this is where Clover and Josh, you guys have gotten really good at working in the space between lead opportunity and closed revenue. And I promise you in that gap, there's so much to learn because you might just look at closed revenue and you use that to determine how well your marketing company did. But you're not looking at the whole picture. I guarantee you there's a big chunk of lead volume opportunity that you miss that you're not giving credit for. So there's a lot of room in that gap to fix things. But yes, you got to spend the money to put a tracking number on this thing. And yes, you got to add human beings, listen to it to be able to identify clearly what's coming from each channel of marketing in each service. It's, it's what we do today. And that's where Josh, we talked about kind of whittling this thing down as we used our data and his brain power and stuff from the industry to try to like work this thing out and make it work really well. So call tracking numbers and human beings. And, and consistent solid reports. Of course. Mike, anything to add there? Yeah. Mike, yeah, grew, I mean, Mike grew up in this industry starting on that call listing and reporting team. Like he literally has done almost every job in this company, but he started. <laughs> I mean, I'll just kind of tie it into some of the other things that the guys were sharing with you earlier. Like you could ask me, you know, hey, what's your cost per conversion on a PPC campaign? I could tell you, you know, 60 bucks for every opportunity. And then you can ask me how many of those were new and the entire number will change, right? Like ask your marketing company, are they running a branded campaign? That's clearly going to drive down the number of leads when you're like, when you're legitimately looking at like a new customer. That's the big difference here. And that's fine. Like we obviously have retention tactics. We have retargeting. Like there are things to do when you're trying to bring customers back a second time. But when you start listening to your calls and you start evaluating the context of what's coming in, it's pretty empowering really fast. You can definitely tie that lead to the specific cost of what generated it to begin with. Helps you get more strategic in PPC like we were talking about in the beginning. But more importantly, 
it helps you tie together and see like, where's the company bleeding? I think that's a huge thing is like, if you're looking for opportunities to improve the business, as I said earlier, during shoulder seasons, like listening to those calls can gives you like a ton of ammo and where to look and where to focus. I mean, I've had, I'll just throw out examples, guys. I've, I've caught uh service site not being properly set up. I've caught, uh, you know, when you've got a CSR who simply, you know, tells a customer, call me back. Why would we not get their number, call them back? You know, there's just so many small like CSR coaching opportunities that you pick up when you read that context. There's so many, uh, you know, times that I see it, uh, you know, one thing tells me to get this many conversions. But then when I actually listen to the call, I'm like, I wouldn't call that a conversion. There's just a lot of data there that you're not uh, considering that is it's game changing. It's crucial. It definitely plays a very powerful role in making business decisions and truly understanding like if your agency is doing what they should be doing, more importantly. Listen, there, there's, there's no excuse for any marketing company to to not drill that deep down. I mean, I guess you, you got to have be able to afford to have pay the labor to do it. But if most just realize if you're confident in what you're actually going to produce in regards to lead volume and cost, like you're good at, you're really, really good at this. You got no problem reporting to that, that depth because it is crystal clear. Josh will admit to like, you know, if it's a good month or a shitty month, like it is crystal clear, but we're talking about real numbers and moving the business. I promise you, you have far more to gain by doing it that way. So every agency, every marketing company certainly can be offering this as a service. It's just the fact it just it's just them putting it together and actually doing it. So if most would just hire the people to do exactly what we're doing to listen to the call tracking numbers and fill out the reports for them, even if it's on an Excel spreadsheet, just something to give you facts to work with, they all have the capability of doing it. Yeah. Before I, I want to respect everybody's time. We're coming up on the hour. If they wanted to have a further conversation with you, how, how should they get a hold of you? Well, the, yeah. Um, so, well, one, our website is rhinoss.com. You can go there and check us out too. Um, you can hit me up on social media. I'm pretty active. Um, Spell so, it just for people who are goofy and yep. don't know. So, well, so the website is rynoss2sams.com. That's rhinostrategicsolutions.com. Um, if you Google it, you'll find it on anything. You can go listen to To The Point podcast. That's Josh and Laura's real favorite podcast. <clears throat> Um, to the point home services podcast, but also um, I'm happy to give out my email address to um, give me a little grace. I get lots of emails, but I'm happy to share it. It's C-Y-A-N-O at R-Y-N-O-S-S dot com. I need to put that in the comments for everybody. Um, and I'm happy to connect with anybody or at least get you connected to the right person. Like I've been doing 160 rhinos running around here. So it gets a little bit hectic. Um but happy to help at least answer questions and I can at least guide you in the right direction. And if nothing else, I'll have Mike kind of run with it with you. Love it. Love it. Guys, thank you so much. Have we any questions? I want to give uh, a few minutes here for people to ask questions. You can speak out loud. You can put it in the chat. Whatever makes you more comfortable. I know digital marketing can be scary. We do throw a lot of marketing dollars into it. And we're here today to make sure that you feel more at ease with that investment. Um, so, so be sure to ask. You know how I know that you like everyone likes this topic is because no one smiled this entire time besides Mike and Chris. I've been staring at like Mark, you're like dead center in my screen, man. And you're so fucking focused right now. <laughs> I don't know where Mark's at. Oh yeah, Mark, I see him. Hey, Mark. Yeah. 
Mark used to, back in the day, used to work at Parker. Uh, nice. What did you do, Mark? He ran a, yeah, crazy on. Nope. Yeah, you're, yeah, I was a service manager at Parker for three years. So oh, you were nice. You were yeah, plumbing, right? Plumbing. plumbing yep. Yeah. It was fast growth <laughs> from twelve million to twenty in three years. So it was fun. At one point, I think it might. This might have been the time that you were there, uh, Josh. You got the cross lead down to like was it fifteen bucks or something crazy like that? Uh, yeah, it was probably right around there. It was like twelve dollar cost per acquisition. Was that those were those the days Mark was there and you were keeping them real busy? Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, probably right around there. I mean, we yeah, I remember. I remember having a conversation about that in your office. Yeah, it was right when I first started. I think. Yeah, and then you screwed up everything. No, just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if there's no other questions, I will leave you all be. Remember, 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 and I, I hear this all the time. We put these webinars together so you get like actionable tools. Um, I know for our members that are on here today, you guys are going to get playbooks that back up everything we spoke about, like exactly step-by-step -step how to execute all of these things that we speak about, uh, how to get your service calls uh, booked to 80%, 65% for sales, 95% over the phone. Uh, Kelly, please make sure our members on the call get that. Uh, for those of you who are not members, we will make sure that you get the call. You, we will make sure that you get the recording. Um, and we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully these are helpful. We will continue to do these webinars, uh, offering you guys some actionable, um, just like Chris, you do to the point to give back to the industry. This is our way of doing that for you all too. So hopefully we'll, we fulfill on that. Thank you for your time. I know we're all busy. It's, it's webinar season, but uh, if you are looking for a good digital marketing company that you truly can trust, not from just a results perspective, but also just good human beings, uh, you will be in good hands with Rhino. So do, do make contact there and, um, and uh, uh, yeah, thank you guys for your time. We appreciate you very much. The link to book a call with us if you want to talk about taking your operation to the next level uh, is, is, in, is in the chat. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.